0: Good morning, it's Jeremy Worden. Today, I'm going to talk to you about leveraging partnerships to scale faster. When I started in the STR game, I did not have a lot of resources, did not have money, really did not have expertise. And I needed other people, not just financially, but also I needed resources. I needed other people's skills that I could then you know, combine with the strengths that I had in order to grow my portfolio much quicker, and if it had not been for partnerships, I would not be sitting here right now. I would not have—I don't even know if I would have above two or three properties, if—if if any, honestly. Uh, because really, I—you know—I was 23 years old. A bank was not going to give me money. Uh, you know, people were not going to take me seriously until I had a track record. So I needed other people to help build out my first listings, my my initial portfolio pieces and get it to where others would trust me. So I'm going to break down how I think about partnerships, how you should think about partnerships, who is a good partner for you, is a partnership something you should be interested in exactly how we structured all of my partnerships for all of my different businesses. Uh, so before I want to get into that, this past week, I was at STR Wealth, a huge summit Uh, In Nashville, Tennessee, there was 1,000 Airbnb hosts there, and it was was a lot of fun. So I want to kind of give you guys my takeaways from that conference, you know, things I learned, things that myself and other hosts are seeing out of there, and really what my takeaways were. First of all, it was a lot of fun. Uh, The STR space is full of great energy, great people. Uh, I think, you know, thinking about it, it's a hospitality business. So people get into it who like creating these experiences for other people. That's just going to naturally, you know, bring together a, a unique subset of people who are just positive, fun, loving. You know, we had a great time. I'll just say that uh, I think the people who put on the guys who put on the conference, uh, shout out to Bill Faith and, and Mike Shogren. They did an incredible job. Uh, they made sure that you know, a fun, b informa- informative, and c honest. You know, I think those guys are straight shooters. I like them a lot. I'm excited to go back next year. If you guys want to go to the STR Wealth podcast, let me know and I will get you guys, uh, I can help get you guys a ticket. Avery Carl uh, was one of the the speakers there. She's probably one of the top short term rental realtors, founder of the Short Term Shop. She was amazing. Uh, It was great to meet her. I'm actually going to be on her podcast in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Uh, They definitely want a bigger conference next year. So, you know, it was a thousand this year. They're saying next year like three, four thousand, which is awesome. So beyond the speakers, a lot of you know, a lot of people that you know I connect with through social media were actually there. So it was like my first time meeting the Carwells in person. I talked to them. I feel like I talked to them all the time. I've been on their podcast a couple of times. They've been on mine. I love. I mean, I love them. They're awesome. They're super cool, uh, Sarah and Emily. So it was first time actually meeting them in person, which was great. I saw, you know, Michael and Jill Alphonse, who I've actually met a few times because Michael's from my hometown and Jill is as well. So cool catching up with them. Met the Real Estate Robinsons, uh, some other, you know, folk uh, like Ryan, who's learned like a CPA, hung out with him a bunch. He taught me a lot about accounting, taxes, as well as other things. So excited to collaborate with him moving forward. Uh, Went there with uh, the Changs, uh, you know, Michael Chang on, on social media. He's from New York as well. I'm actually going to be on his podcast tomorrow, uh, but super good, you know, traveling with them and and hanging out. Sunrise Homes, Emmanuel Pawnee of uh, STR Secrets, uh, the Airbnb Data Gay, John Bianchi. Bianchi, Sorry, I always butcher that. So great. All, and all these folk, they have a lot of data. Like, uh, obviously, the Airbnb Data Guy has a lot of data on Airbnb, but... Also, you know, they all have their own portfolios. They're all seeing different things. So really, it was cool to just like compare notes. Like, hey, where are you looking? Where are you buying properties? Where are you doing arbitrage? Uh, What are the margins? Like, what what are the numbers looking like? You know, if you're buying a 500K house in that area, how much do you expect it to make? Uh, What are, you know, some insights you have on specific markets? So I feel like I really know about as much as anybody on where the top players in the space are putting their money, uh, and that's because going to these conferences, networking, having some beers—you <laughs> know—people get a little bit more honest uh, with their data and with their numbers after a few beers. So, definitely, uh, I'm not a big drinker, but at conferences, you know, definitely has it serves its purpose. Um, a little side note: I fra- or I have a stress fracture in my foot. I ran 32 miles last weekend, an ultra marathon. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm at a conference for three days standing on on my foot that I had just taken a push to the brink. And, yeah, it turns out I had an MRI yesterday. My foot's not looking so good. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll be back on the basketball court. So back to the conference. What I've seen is that there's just like a huge range of folk in the space. So the conference had people, you know, with one one property or those who want to get into the game all the way to, you know, folk, folk, you know, pulling in seven figures such as myself to even people way, you know, beyond me pulling in several million dollars a year. And my findings were that like the people who actually are pulling in several million dollars a year, not that long ago, they only had one property. Like this is a really cool space where you can literally go from rags to riches extremely quick. And I'm an example of that, but there are also so many other examples of that and even people who have you know, been doing it a little bit longer uh, and they're just even leagues beyond myself. So I think that was a really cool theme that you know all the speakers they started with one and a lot of them you know started some started in 2015 2017 2019 like it wasn't like you know folks started with vacation rentals in 1975 you know it's all relatively recent so I just really think it's a cool and exciting space where if you do things the right way, you can succeed extremely quickly. However, caveat that with a big topic was many feel that things are harder than they were before in terms of short-term rentals, Airbnbs. Uh, there was a kind of a agreement that during COVID, things were super easy. Uh, even I think I think Bill said that someone could put a porta put a porta potty, porta potty, on Airbnb and it will do well. And I think everyone kind of agreed with that, that during COVID times were times were good. I mean, in in sense that you didn't have to be a good operator to do well, you didn't have to take professional photos, you didn't have to have a killer Airbnb listing, it was just pretty freaking easy. So the ones, the ones who are adopting the ones who are continually improving themselves, improving their listings, improving their properties, improving their operations, are doing better than ever before. And I would say for the most part, I fall into that category. Our properties, I mean, we have, I have 20, 25 listings now, and most of them are doing better than they ever have done before. But that's because I'm a pro. I don't F around, like this is is a business for me. Every day, our operations, our properties, everything we do gets better. So we're gonna do better, every year, uh, barring some crazy cataclysmic event. We're going to continue moving the ship in the right direction. And the other pros, the ones who are pulling in millions of dollars a year, same for them. They're doing better than ever before. Uh, They're adopting. They're learning new strategies. They're doing things differently than they did before. And, you know, you often hear survival of the fittest. I think there's a lot of fit ones. So A lot of folk are going to do well and survive. But the days of just, you know, sitting there, and automatic, just the money coming in on your phone without doing anything at all or or being good at this, those days might be in our past. So my main takeaways, STRs are a fun space. This is great people. Conferences are amazing. I'm definitely going to hit more. I'm going to another real estate conference next week. Hopefully my foot is feeling better. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if you guys see me at any conferences, let me know, come up and say what's up. It was all it was really cool to have you know, meet a lot of people or see you know people would come up and hey, jeremy. Uh, and, and honestly, my one of my big takeaways was I look a lot shorter on social media than I am in real in real life. People would come up to me, they'd kind of give me a a glance, like a one over, and go, "Are you Jeremy?" And I'd be like, uh, yeah, and they'd be like, I always thought you were a lot shorter and i'm and I'm like, you know, I'm six three. It's not like I'm you know seven feet tall. I'm not a crazy height. But I would kind of come back and ask him, like, how tall did you think I was? And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. uh, I appear short on social media. Uh, So that was the takeaway is that I need to make myself appear taller, Uh, you know, because I I pride myself on my height. (laughs) I played basketball growing up. You know, that's important to me. So I don't know how I'm going to do that. But just for you guys listening, I am six foot three. I've got a long wingspan. Now let's go back to our regularly scheduled programming. So great conference. If you want a ticket, uh, come back or let me know. Also, you know, another takeaway was the value of masterminds and just like putting yourself in the room with people who are successful in whatever you're trying to do. Pretty much everyone running the conference, a lot of the speakers had their own mastermind program. And along the board, it was, hey, You know, we've all done masterminds ourselves. We invest, you know, some like Mike Shogren said, he invests six figures a year in his own masterminds that he's in. And that for them has been their accelerators to success. Just putting themselves in the room with people who have accomplished what they're trying to accomplish just expedites the speed that they're able to do that. So a lot of folk there were in, you know, different people's masterminds. I would talk to them about their experiences. You know, I have a mastermind. So obviously, you know, I I know my mentees have been having great experiences. So that being said, like whatever you're trying to do, if there's a big theme is like, if you're trying to do something or you want to accomplish a certain goal and there's someone who can get you there quicker, it's worth it. It's worth going for it. It's worth surrounding yourself with the like-minded folk. So again, if you guys want to go next year, let me know. Uh, it was a really great experience, and you know, I take away also just so much data I have that you know I can help my peers, my business partners, my mentees attack new markets, uh, and I just have an inside scoop on more things, which is great. So, let's talk about partnerships. Uh, I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a visualization as to where I was three years ago. So it's March of two thousand twenty-three. I got into the short-term rental game in March of 2020. I was 23 years old. I am 26. At the time, I was pretty much living paycheck to paycheck in New York City. And then one day, my boss texted me. You know, this was a week or two into COVID. Uh, so honestly, about right now, uh, three years ago, and said, "Hey, we're you know, this is obviously an unexpected time. We need to conserve cash. Your salary is cut." effective immediately. So for me, my my legs were taken out from under me. And I needed, I needed, not I wanted, I needed to do something. You know, I I had my back against the wall. I wasn't, I I wasn't happy. I was only going to be happy until I I was only going to feel happy once I knew I was going to be in control of my life, my well-being, and ultimately my financial freedom. So I started with short-term rentals initially through boats as well as managing and renting other people's properties. So I was doing the co-host model where I would just manage an Airbnb, manage a home for a homeowner, take a percent of gross revenue. And then when the situations made sense, I would do the arbitrage model where I would rent and re-rent someone's property. By doing this, I was able to build a track record. Uh, I was able to build credibility. I was posting on social media during this time about my experiences with the boats, as well as the houses. I didn't have any following. I, I, I had no following. It was really only my friends at the time. And I would start posting about what I'm doing during COVID. And a couple of friends reached out to me and said, hey, Jeremy, like, I see what you're doing. We'd love to get involved. Like, we would love to help you. We'd love to see if we can grow with you. So I wanted to own real estate. That's, that's like always been my goal since I was a little kid. The idea of owning real estate has been really, really, you know, cool, cool idea. And I wanted to make it happen, but I couldn't go out and buy my own real estate. I tried. <laughs> you bet your tail. I did try, I tried to get a loan from a bank. I went to a bank, I actually went to a bunch of banks and they kind of, they laughed me out of the room. Uh, I did not have two years of W2 history. I didn't even have (coughs) credit, really a lot of credit history. I got my first credit card at 21 years old. A lot of time to get loans, you need five years of credit history. So I had no means of getting financing to purchase properties. So did I, you know, did, I, did I say, all right, I've hit a wall, I'm not gonna get over this wall? Or did I say, hey, I can figure out a way to work with other people to partner with those who can get me through this wall. And I did just that. Folk reached out to me, I would talk to them, I knew what my limitations were, I knew what my strengths were, I knew how to do Airbnb at this time, I knew how to do short-term rentals, I had a track record, even if it was only a a couple months of a track record. I had a track record. I had an Airbnb account. I had great reviews. I knew what I was doing and I could show that I knew what I was doing. What I didn't have was the finances, whether it be cash myself to go out and purchase entire properties or the financing from the bank. I did not have credibility in the bank's eyes. I did not have the W-2 documentation that they require to get a loan. So I partnered with others. I would bring in investors, which largely my initial investors were friends. So honestly, other folk in their 20s and also some some just friends, friends slash family of friends slash family, whoever. You know, that time, again, I, I did not have a huge social media following. It was mostly friends and family and would go out and be creative and start buying properties. So to this day, have purchased eight properties, have bought eight different houses, of which not a single one of them, to this point, has been financed solely by myself. I can't even I actually, uh, I tried again, I've tried multiple times to buy a house by myself. And as recently as putting an offer down in October of last year. And the bank, when they went to official underwriting, so they actually gave me a pre-approval. When they went to official underwriting, due to a technicality, my loan was rejected. Uh, I don't need to get into that exact technicality, but even to this point, I'm now 26. I have built a seven-figure short-term rental business. I have tax returns that have that have you know all this money that my businesses are making, and due to essentially the way I structured my holdings company. And only having one year of a return for my holdings company, they couldn't qualify me uh, for two years. So they need two years of, of tax history. My holdings company had one. Technicality, I could not buy a house. So again, 26 years old. I'm an owner of eight different properties, but none of them are solely owned by myself. That will change this year once I do my taxes. I will be in a position to actually buy my own real estate without needing partnerships But that being said, I didn't just say, hey, I'm 23, I'm gonna wait until I'm 26 to to get into the game to start owning real estate. I'm gonna figure out how to do this now. So again, did not have a lot of cash to begin, did not have the means for financing. I wanted to buy. Not only did I need OPM, other people's money, because I did not have a lot of cash, but I needed OPF, other people's financing no bank was going to give me money. I didn't have a credit card until I was 21. I applied for a loan and got rejected because of the length of my credit history. So that was the situation I was in. So the, the way I did it was I started learning all I could about loans and financing. I stumbled onto this concept of a DSCR loan, a debt service coverage ratio loan. Essentially, if you could prove to the bank, the property was going to make money and cover its mortgage, they wouldn't finance you based off, oh, you're Jeremy Worden, who, you know, is a 23 year old who with with no track record that can prove to us, you'll pay us back. It's, hey, this property is going to be a cash flow machine. And because it's going to be a cash flow machine, it's a good loan. and And we're going to write it. So I needed to convince the banks that a property would make money. The way I did this, Was a combination. I had, again, I now had a portfolio of co host and arbitrage properties. So I had data points that I could give the bank. I'd say, hey, we're looking to buy this property here. It's a four bedroom lake house. I manage a four bedroom lake house, and this is how much money it's making. And because of that, I think they're very similar. It'll make the same amount of money, if not more. I had to create financial models. For the banks, at the time, I used spreadsheets. We created a performa financial analysis spreadsheet that detailed all the revenue expense items, and gave the bank an idea of exactly how much cash this was going to put in. You know, the it gave the bank an idea of, hey, is this property going to be profitable? Is this a good loan for them to take on? And we were very professional. We we created PowerPoint presentations wasn't, you know, we did not look like kids. We looked like a legit business. We were able to partner with local commercial banks at 23 years old to finance the purchase of short-term rental properties. So, that was pretty cool. There's national banks that are probably easier to partner with. However, they uh, they don't give as good of terms as the local banks. We needed to convince banks that we knew what we were doing. We were credible. And we were gonna be good partners for them moving forward. So, so a lot of times with local banks, it's about building relationships. So we appeared professional. We we talked, we we took call, you know, we had calls with all the bankers, introduced ourselves not just as investors, but as real human beings. We connected with them on a personal level, and we actually took our bankers out to hockey games. We literally bought one of our banking relationships tickets to go to a Carolina Hurricanes game. No no strings attached. Just hey, we appreciate, you know, we're young. We like we understand that that we're young and like it's really really meaningful to us that you're trying to figure out how to make this work. Like not on not even on a business level, but on a personal level like we're super appreciative that you are here to help us grow. And and that just guys and just this is just a, a tangent But if you're young and you're looking to get started, you don't have a ton, you know, 10-year track record in whatever you're doing, you need folk to buy into you. And it's going to be hard. I mean, obviously, you can position yourself as professional as possible, as credible. You can know what you're talking about, which is super helpful. But ultimately, you know, someone is trusting you and, and someone wants to help you out might be, you know, might be they're financially incentivized, whatever it may be. But that's why just don't diminish the importance of relationships. Relationships are everything in business, especially when you don't have leverage yourself. You need you need other people. I needed other people. I still need other people. And to this day, and for the foreseeable future and, and decades from now, I'm going to value the importance of relationships. So early on, banking relationships were super important. Uh, Financing was important. So we were able to convince the banks that these properties are going to make money. I was able to convince other people that the properties were going to make money. Honestly, the banks, you know, they need to go to their investment committee and have proof and documentation that something is a good investment, especially these local banks. Uh, The national banks, they have specific guidelines. Local banks, it's, hey, Jeremy from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and and his 23-year-old buddies are doing this business. We think this will be a good long-term relationship for our bank. That's the way local banks think. So had to provide the banks a lot of documentation. As for other investors, to be honest, I didn't. They just wanted, you know, they trusted me. They saw what I was posting on social media. They wanted in. I still provided them a lot of documentation because, you know, I myself I do a lot of underwriting on each deal, and also, you know, that's something that you know a lot of my friends, colleagues, they have backgrounds in in in, in finance, or and they, you know, it was, it was a fun project to come up with all these models and things. But my point being is, like, if you start doing something and you post about it and you become a thought leader, people trust you. Uh, so if you're looking to raise money, start doing it, do it on a small scale, whatever you're trying to do, if, you're, if it's Airbnb, you wanna buy houses, start doing arbitrage. Start arbitraging properties, start co-hosting properties, start posting about it. Say, you know, this was my experience with my first booking. And folk will follow along your journey and they're gonna see you grow. It could even be growing in a short period of time but you are going to become a domain authority. And if you're looking to then raise money, you're so much more likely to be able to do it than nobody knows what you're doing to begin with. So tangible tip, looking to raise money, start posting on social media for whatever you're doing. So my friends reach out to me. I raised money, largely friends and family, family, uh, I mean, one thing that was helpful is again, I could literally, you know, I was talking to a friend, I'd meet up with them, tell them what I'm doing. They'd say they're interested in investing with me. And I go, whoop, I got an Airbnb booking, like, whoa, or let me get my phone, like, wow, another booking came in here. (laughs) Check it out. And I would literally show them my phone. And I'd show them the app. And they go, holy crap, this is this is cool. You're legit. So the first properties we purchased. Uh, was a huge learning experience. To this point, we have purchased eight. So I wanna tell you kind of how we structured some of the deals. And just for context, no two deals are structured exactly the same. I think folk have a tendency to think, oh, how exactly do you do things? Honestly, the way we did the first deal was not the way we did the second deal, was not the way we did the third deal. Every deal is different for a variety of different reasons. When I started, I wanted to do as simple as possible. I did not want massive legal fees. I did not have the money to pay for massive legal fees. I had some friends uh, actually from social media who were doing some some deals at the time and raising external capital. And they had like a really complicated LP, like limited partnership, general partnership structure with a waterfall, uh, pretty complex financial engineering and their legal fees were, you know, 40, $50,000 for an 800,000 buck house. And I'm like, Holy crap. I don't even, I don't have nearly that amount of money to even invest in the house. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm not investing in a lawyer. Uh, so we had to make things extremely simple. So, and also cost effective. So what did I do? What was one of my first partners on my first deal? Who did I partner with to save on legal fees? I partnered with a lawyer. <laughs> we got a lawyer in the deal. Why? Save on legal fees. <laughs> so yeah, one of our, our first deals had a lawyer. Had a lawyer come in. He helped with the operating agreement. He helped with the structure. Uh, and you know, one of my points is you want to partner with people who are going to help you do more of these moving forward. I knew I needed a legal partner. I, I'm not. I'm 23 years old. I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to go to law school. That's the last thing I want to do. So a lawyer helping us with this first one is going to help us do more moving forward. So on our first, one of our first deals, lawyer, uh, also the friends who I allowed, honestly, to be frank, like I had a lot, even though I had like 2,000 followers on Instagram at this time, you know, now I have well over 100,000. But at that time, there were like, you know, 20 people reaching out wanting to invest with me in properties. The ones I actually invested with were ones that I thought had that ambition, had that motivation to do more moving forward. Uh, Also, they were folk who could be on a loan with me. And, you know, they had a good financial profile, like they had good jobs. They would help the bank be comfortable giving us money. And the partners I did early on, uh, one of our first deals had six partners. You know, we had our lawyer partner and had five, four other folk that since, since then, all the, all eight of the deals I have done have been with four of them. Uh, like not each one, not every time. It's not all of us every time, but maybe I'll do a deal with, you know, one of them on one house or two of them on another. But that was definitely one of my requirements was like, I need to be investing with people. Like if I'm going to raise money to do this, the folk I raise money from need to be ones that I will do future deals with. Like they're going to help me. Uh, they're they're going to some way or shape or form, they're going to help me grow this business. And, and they've done just that three years down the line. You know, that was my requirement early on. I'm only taking your money if I think you're going to help me do more of these in the future. And fortunately, my, my foresight was was spot on. And now we've done we've done eight together. So again, you got to figure out what people, what resources you need to accomplish your short term and long-term goals, what partnerships do you need to build specific to your situation? So at this point, you know, we've done local commercial loans to buy houses. We've also leveraged second home loans. The way we do that is one of my business partners takes on the loan individually. They buy the house as a second home loan. And then we have an agreement between us, operating agreement, uh, you know, joint venture agreement. And after a certain period of time, the property title gets transferred into an LLC that myself and my partners own. So essentially leveraging, you know, my partner's financing. uh, Again, we were 23, about 23 at first. I did not have two years of history. My buddies did not have two years of history. But a year later, you know, we were 24. And yeah, my business partners now had two years of W2 history and we're able to get loans. So did just that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. We started with commercial loans, because that was the only option. And then from there, we started doing second home loans. Uh, we have bought, I don't know, I think maybe five homes have been in a second home loan and three commercial, something like that. So leverage second home loans, other people's financing to further scale the portfolio. And Really, you know, have I even done arbitrage partnerships. So I have my own arbitrage portfolio. I have my own co-hosting management portfolio. But I also, uh, with one partner, have an arbitrage business. Uh, reason for that, you know, at this point, I don't, I don't want to be. You know, I mean, just I just it's a it's a good business partner. You know, we we both have strengths and weaknesses, and to scale a portfolio faster it made sense to partner. So my arbitrage I have a business on one of I have two arbitrage businesses of which one of them I have a partner. And then also BNB Calc, my software company. I have a co-founder. We are, we are 50-50 partners and he's great at engineering, great at coding. I knew what the product needed to be. You know, I know this space. I've been doing deals in this space for several years now. I know the tools and resources that need to be built. That help myself be better at this game. That help other investors become better at this game. And Parker, I mean, he's he's a savant. He's so good at engineering, not only from a back end perspective, but from a user experience. Making something that people actually want to use and that people are using every day is his specialty. So you know, privilege to partner with him, be growing with him as well. We're gonna see where we're gonna take that. You know, ten years down the line, or. Maybe three years, given I started Airbnb three years ago. Here I am today, three years down the line. We'll see where BNB Calc is. So, if you guys aren't signed up for BNB Calc, check it out. It's best tool for pro forma financial analysis in the game. So, ultimately, if you're doing a partnership, the things you need to consider are your strengths and weaknesses. What are you good at? What are you not good at? How can someone else fill the gaps? for BNB Calc for software development. At this point, I can't sit there and code for 10 hours. My ADD is crazy. I've got too many things going on with the houses, with the boats, I can't I can't sit there and code. Uh, so we've developed, now Parker at this point has even hired other developers to help him code faster. So strengths and weaknesses. Uh, future growth and ambition, for me, I don't want to partner with people at this point, if it's a passive investor, and they're giving me money at terms that make sense. That's one thing. But I want to do more and more deals. And I know I need other people. I want to do more and more companies more and more deals. So for me, having partners that have future ambition is super important. You don't want to partner if you if you have grandiose goals, you don't want to partner with someone who's lazy who says, all right, I want to do this one house, I wanted to put money in my pocket. And that's cool. Like, that's cool with me. If that's the case, I'd rather have them be a passive investor. You know, they either get bought out, or, you know, they get their they get their income, they get their cash. And that's it. So you want the right partnerships with the right people that match your future goals. So that's super, super important. You need to be aligned. Everything needs to be straight up. So I told you guys that You know, early on, one of the deals, a lawyer partnered with a lawyer, they were investors, which was great, got the property set up, you know, did the documentation, the operating agreements made it all, made it all kosher. Uh, a, A year in, we weren't as aligned. It just just naturally, we weren't as aligned. I'm a believer of, you know, you should improve the property as much as possible early on to maximize its value and maximize its earning potential. I'm a believer that's super important. Whereas, you know, someone else might be, hey, I want to maximize cash in my pocket today. I want to make as much today. I want as much cash. I want returns. I don't want, you know, capital improvements in properties. I want cash in my pocket. And if that's the case, you're not necessarily aligned. So we bought out, uh, which totally cool. You know, you have that conversation. Hey, I think that we need to be doing this you think you want this? All right, how can we marry those two things together? So, bought out, bought out this par- partner, gave him an incredible 1-year return. I'm pretty we gave him a 60% cash on cash return in 1 year, which that same year the stock market crashed by 30%. So if if Jeremy's giving you 60% and you would have lost 30% in the stock market, effectively I mean it's an it's an insane investment. So, everything was good. You know? No n- n- all good. Like if you're going to if you're going to have partnerships and you realize your guys goals aren't aligned in the long term, have that honest conversation and have it as early as possible. And, you know, hopefully in our case, the properties are doing well enough where you can buy them out. And that's that's what we did. Bought them out. So, make sure you're aligned with your partners and that's just going to smooth your guys' mutual growth into the future. So I hope that gives you guys a pretty good basis for thinking about partnerships. I explained a lot of my partnerships uh, early on, how I thought about things, how I think about things moving forward. Don't use, hey, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough money to keep you from getting into the game. It could be Airbnb. It could be short-term rentals or it could be another game, but I just don't wanna hear that excuse. If you don't wanna do it, that's fine. If you don't wanna set yourself on a path towards financial freedom, cool, nothing's wrong with that. Just be honest with yourself, but don't use it as an excuse, guys, because there is seven billion people in this world, and whatever capacities you may lack, someone is there to pick up the slack for you. Someone has those skills. Someone has those resources. Someone has that time. You just have to go out there, find them, and partner with them. So today's been all about scaling via partnerships. Uh, again, super important for me, and I hope you guys had some positive takeaways. And yeah, that's it. That's it for today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Next next episode, what I'm gonna talk to you about is all of the different Airbnb strategies. So. I've co-hosted to start. I've done arbitrage. I've purchased properties. I've raised money from investors to purchase properties. And I've done glamping. So I consider those the the different Airbnb strategies. And I want to talk directly to you about the pros and cons of each of them. So stay tuned for that episode. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned for the next one. Have a great day.